Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You don't, want, you don't want to move at all. I don't like to move. There's okay. no point. So if I startle you, you don't want to look startled. We like fake. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> you, like, you like fake. Okay. okay. Mercer girls love Botox. And we certainly have used Botox in every conceivable place. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino, and I have been changed for good. Of course, I'm referring to Dale finally getting confessionals and this week's Real Hustles of New York. What a thrill. Sometimes you wait a lifetime for a moment like this, and this moment finally came for me. I was so excited. I was <laughs> so excited. I almost came because I was thrilled to see Dale finally get a confessional look. I was just, it was, it was thrilling. Now, this week, of course, another wonderful week of Through Houses in New York. However, I do feel like it was maybe an appetizer, an appetizer for next week's episode in the Berkshires where all of hell breaks loose in that Bluestone Manor. And I cannot wait. Although, we have to talk about this week's episode uh, because, again, I found so much joy in this week's episode. But, and there's just no but. There's no but. It's it, uh, even a bad week of Real Houses in New York is still the best show on TV. So I did really love it. It's just seeing the previews for next week. I got so excited. Anyway, let's talk about this week. So this week opened. I just want to say really quick before we get into the episode, I want to say that when I see those taglines, I love them all. But Tinsley's tagline brings me a joy. That I don't know. It, you know when you get on a roller coaster and you're like going up and up and up and you're nervous and excited? It's like that's what I feel when I'm hearing Tinsley's tagline, which is by all accounts very basic. It's a very basic tagline. She says, game set, game set, and now I need a match. It's very basic. But it literally brings me so much joy. I get so much excitement. Butterflies in my tummy. And I don't know if it's because it's like when I hear that tagline, I know what's coming. Like I know I'm getting an hour with the girls. Something about it, though, I just... Hers in particular, again, very basic, but when I hear game, set, and now I need a match, I feel, I feel thrill, a thrill that I never known. So exciting. Anyway, we open on Dale and Tinsley, and right, the first words we hear is Dale telling Tinsley that she has her dad's jaw. <laughs> They're going to the Botox Center to get Botox in their jaw. Now, let me just say, I've been researching this because I suffer from DMJ and I've been hearing about it a lot. Some people had just sent me like Jack's got Botox in his DMJ a couple, I don't know, days ago or something. People had sent me an Instagram story and I had already been looking into it and now seeing all these Bravo celebrities do it. I'm like, do I need to do that? Because I've had DMJ for years ever since I was a kid and lately I've been extra stressed and I've been grinding more than normal. So now I'm thinking like maybe I need to do this. And Tinsley, I would like an update, uh, see how it was. Did it work? Did it not work? Because online, it seems like it works, but it also doesn't last. What is it, six months? I've never done Botox before, but isn't it just six months? So does it only last six months in the jaw? I don't know. I don't know. But TMJ is literally the worst. I get these TMJ headaches and miserable, miserable. And lately, like I said, I've been stressed and grinding at night, and it's, it's not a good thing. I've tried to relax. I've tried everything. And you guys know I'm on that cleanse. Just uh, another week left on that clean program. And it's literal hell. I hate it. I've been so fucking hangry. I've been so mean to Matt. <laughs> so hungry. So, so hangry. And I feel like I'm at a disadvantage from Matt because he's doing the clean program with me. But I had a sugar addiction beforehand. Like, I really loved my sweets, my candies. You know I love a candy from the Home Goods checkout counter. And I love my chocolates. So this whole cleanse thing has been, I feel, extra hard on me. So he's having, you know, an easy time doing this whole thing. And every night I go to bed so angry. So, so angry at the world. But I'm, I feel like I'm over the hump. Like I'm at, past the hard stuff. But 
Anyway, what did that have to do with TMJ? I don't remember. The point is, Tinsley's doing a mutt fashion show. (laughs) So Tinsley, at her Botox appointment, she reveals she's doing a strut your mutt event. And she says it's her baby step getting back into the charity world because she wants to get back into the charity world. And right as she's saying this, the editors of this show, they put up two photos onto frame. The first photo is one of Tinsley on some sort of red carpet with Martha Stewart. Now, as the transition's going from that photo to the next photo, which let me just say that Martha Stewart photo, it looked like Martha didn't even know Tinsley was in the photo. It was like Martha Martha was on a red carpet and Tinsley was like in the background or something. Like Martha was in the foreground and Tinsley was like two steps to the right and in the back. But they were started transitioning to the next photo and I thought, oh, they're going to start showing us like a bunch of Tinsley doing charity photos, right? Like I thought maybe we'll get five photos of her with various celebrities on the red carpet. But they transitioned out of that Martha Stewart photo into just a photo of Tinsley alone on one other red carpet. We got two photos. <laughs> I counted two photos. And again, one of them, Martha didn't even know she was in it. The next one was just Tinsley, Sol- Tinsley Solo. She's like, I'm doing the Strut Your Mutt event. Wait, that's not my Tinsley. Can I do a Tinsley? Game set, and now I need a match. <laughs> I'm going to be doing that Tinsley a lot. I apologize. I apologize. I'm, I love my tins, you guys. Anyway, she said she wants to get back into that charity world. And it's clear to me that Tinsley just wants it for socializing. Like, I don't think she has a passion for dogs. Like, you know how LVP clearly has a passion for animals? Well, it's like Tinsley's just doing this mutt event. And yes, she has a dog. But I feel as though, and she even told us, she just wants to get back into that charity world. So it's like, I don't think she gives a fuck about any of these charities. But she's taking baby steps. And I'm excited to see more. Now, the doctor walks in, just as Dale and Tinsley are talking about their charities, and the doctor says, to Dale, you look like sisters. And what people don't understand is, yes, that was a compliment to Dale. Dale. <laughs> Dale. Dale really loved it, but Tinsley did not. And I feel that. I felt Tinsley's pain in that moment. But Tinsley, here's something I noticed about her this episode, is she's very polite. She has manners. She has lots of good manners. Anyway... Tinsley then reveals her story about TMJ. Now, let me tell you about my TMJ story. So when I was in the eighth grade, I was playing basketball. You know, I'm very tall. I always was peer pressured and bullied into playing basketball because of my height and (laughs) never really loved playing, but people made me play. And so I was playing in eighth grade and someone got physical. Somebody elbowed me in the jaw. Now, ever since then, I've had jaw problems. So like if I eat something too hard or if I grind my teeth at night, or if I, you know, very, if I suck too many big dicks, <laughs> if, I do, if, I do any of the, if I do any of those things, my TMJ will act up and I'll get one of those TMJ headaches. And it's a problem I've had to live with since eighth grade. You know, I haven't been able to put too many dicks in this mouth. Let me just say that. It's been a real struggle. It's been a disability for me. And I know other people go through other hardships, but let me just say as a gay man, it's not so easy when you can't put a big dick in your mouth. <laughs> That's... I know that's neither here nor there, but the point is, that's my story with TMJ. You know, a childhood injury that stayed with me. Now, I want to get into Tinsley's TMJ story. She said, when she got arrested, she's been stressed ever since. And <laughs> so fun to see her mugshot again. I will see that mugshot any, any moment they want to show it to me. Like, every five minutes, they could put that motherfucking mugshot on the screen, and I'd be clapping my hands like a circus monkey. I find it so exciting when I see Tinsley's mugshot. And that's how she got her TMJ. Apparently, she's grinded ever since that night in jail. So, you know, a very different tale than mine. You know, I'm not certain how uh, Tinsley has been able to suck dicks all the rest of her life, like me, but I'm sure it's a struggle for her. You know, and I get that. I sympathize. I empathize with that struggle, Tins. Anyway, then she tells the doctor, put some Botox in her forehead. She says, I don't want it to move. And then this is where we see Dale's very first confessional ever. And I found it wonderful that Dale's first confessional words were, I wrote this down, Mercer girls love Botox, and we've used it everywhere. (laughs) What a line. What a line for your first confessional line. That's your first one. Wow. Wow, Dale, wow. Wow, Dale, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Then we cut to Sonia and Ramona walking. Now, Sonia got new headphones, 
I was confused. I didn't know if I missed something. I might have missed something. Again, my connection was a little bit bad as I was watching this episode. I was watching it via the interwebs. And I think I missed something, but Sony had two pairs of headphones on, I think. Like, I, I was thinking, was did one of them go in the other? I don't know. I missed it. So apologies about that. But we did get some new information about Sonia's new place. Apparently, it's in a very loud location. And we got a little flashback to how loud it is there. So Sonia's been doing a lot of headphone work. So maybe that's why she's got multiple headphones. I don't know. I missed that part. But she was wearing at least two headphones, maybe more. I don't know. Earphones, rather. So Ramona and Sonia, they begin walking, and they start talking about men and sex. Ramona says, I admit it, I'm into hot sex. That's what Ramona's looking for. She wants a hot guy. She likes the washboard abs. And Sonia's talking about how she looks, you know, she's talking about smarter guys, and she makes a joke about sleeping with married men. She says, I tell them to call me when you're divorced, you know, and I just want to say that I could have watched these two talk about men and sex for 10 hours straight. 10 hours, I would have watched unedited footage of these two just going about, talking about the men they're hooking up with, the men they want to hook up with, the men they have hooked up with. Like, I want to know all of it. Mention it all, as Bethany would say. I would watch it forever. would watch it forever. And I like that Ramona's just into hot sex. I get it. I get it. And Ramona says to Sonia, she says, the whole group's getting along. She says, I'm so glad we can all finally gel. And I think we all feel that way because with Dorinda and Luann's fight the past few weeks, it feels like we were sort of stuck in the past. And I think we're all, as viewers, ready to move on. And so I'm happy we are starting to move on, although it looks like it was halted a little bit, which we'll get to. But Ramona and Sonia talk about how they're going up to Bluestone Manor in the Berkshires, which we know we always get wonderful content out of the Berkshires. We're normally there for Christmas. However, we're going there for Halloween, and I'm a little concerned that we're not going to be there for Christmas. I don't think we're going to be taking two trips there, right? So we're probably just getting this Halloween trip. I don't know. But I will miss Christmas there if we don't get it. I will miss it. But we get a little flashback of the Berkshires trips. We get Bethany calling Luann a whore and saying, you fuck everybody. You fuck everybody. And then we hear Dorinda saying, I made it nice. And then we hear Bethany saying, mention it all. And I got very frustrated because we did not get a scene from the Berkshires last season where Luann woke up hungover and she was looking for water. Do you remember in that very deep voice? She's, water! <laughs> water! <laughs> she, she needed it. And I was so upset because we had this whole montage of the Berkshires, but we never got the water moment. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Then we cut to Bethany's apartment. Bethany was with her assistant in the closet. They were packing. There's always an assistant helping Bethany pack. Every single scene with Bethany is just an assistant helping her pack. Always a different gal. It's always someone different. Always someone new. It's a new assistant helping her pack. And those scenes always make me very sad because it's like, but just, it feels like Bethany had to pay a friend to talk to her. I know she has friends, but doesn't it always kind of feel like that when we're in Bethany's closet and the assistant's helping her pack? It feels like she paid an assistant to watch her pack or help her pack, which I would do too. If I had the money to afford it, I'd pay an assistant to help me pack everywhere I go. Something about it, when I see it with Bethany, though, it makes me a little sad, I'm going to be honest. But I love her closet. Love it. Okay, here's something we need to talk about. So we're at Bethany's apartment, and she reveals that a counselor is coming over. I was devastated because... This counselor is not Dr. Amador, Bethany's previous therapist who I fell in love with, who has been on this program. He's been on the podcast before, Dr. Amador. I love Dr. Amador. I have an allegiance to Dr. Amador more so than Bethany clearly does, because Dr. Amador is no longer with us. You know, he did everything he could for the TV show. Do you remember on Bethany Ever After when he got in them, got them lost at sea? He almost shipwrecked. Bethany and Jason for November sweeps, and yet he's still not on this season. He's not on this episode. Where is he? Justice for Dr. Amador. But anyway, a guy named Dr. Fried, or I'm sorry, his name was spelled Dr. Fried. I just want to point that out. His name was Dr. Norman Freed. But again, I'd like to point out that his name was spelled Fried, F-R-I-E-D, like fried chicken. I think his name was Dr. Fried, but he said, hello, I'm Dr. Freed. He's no Dr. Amador. That's the real tragedy. Anyway, Bethany cries. I always loved a Bethany therapy scene. 
I talked about Dr. Amador, but let me say, no one does therapy scenes better than Bethany Frankel on TV. Truly. Do you ever see that HBO show, In Treatment? Like, let's reboot that with Bethany. Put her with Dr. Amador, Dr. Fried, and let's just watch her therapy sessions. I would watch every last second of it, because I love Bethany in a therapy scene. You know, or uh, Tony Soprano. Let's reboot The Sopranos with Bethany. You know, Bethany is Tony, and, <laughs> and Dr. Fried, of course, would be treating her. I would watch all of that. I don't care if it's scripted or not. But she tells Dr. Fried about Dennis, and I want to say again, I'm feeling very icky about the Dennis stuff, just because he has a family with kids, an ex-wife. I, I respect that this is Bethany's truth, and this is her reality, and she's sharing her story. However, I don't like it because I know that he has kids, and it must be so difficult for the kids and the ex-wife, particularly the kids, to have to see on TV this girl that he had been dating, talking about their father... I don't know. And maybe they're okay with it. Maybe I'm just being crazy, but I find it a little bit icky. But again, it's Bethany's truth. She's doing a reality show. So what the fuck she's going to do? She's got to talk about something. <laughs> she can't just have scenes in the closet with her assistant. I mean, she could, but it'd be boring. So this whole time I'm looking at Dr. Fried and I'm trying to figure him out. I couldn't get a good read on whether or not I liked him. Ultimately, I landed on the fact that I did like him, although I would still replace him with Dr. Amador. I was so focused, though, he had a necklace on. And I'm always so fascinated by men who wear necklaces. Call me crazy, but I find it an odd an odd accessory for a man. I have necklaces that I wear, but I don't know, something about a man and a necklace. I just recently found some old photos of me with that puka necklace. Do you remember? Remember back in, like, I don't know, 2002 or whatever fuck year that was, where everyone was wearing the puka shells? It was right around the time where Nick Lachey had those armband tattoos. Remember he made those popular, those um, barbed wire tattoos around the bicep? It was right around that time, I think, everyone was wearing puka shell necklaces. Now, Dr. Fried was not wearing a puka shell necklace. I just want to say that. He was not wearing puka shells, but he was wearing some sort of maybe maybe leather or some sort of black necklace. And I wanted to know more. Was it a crystal? Was it just a family heirloom? What's the story? I know everyone has a story. What's that story? What's Dr. Fried's story? Everyone has a story Different as night and day And everyone has their own journey Some follow their path Some wander away But everyone has a moment uh, You guys, tomorrow's... Uh, actually, by the time you guys are hearing this, you, it might have already happened, but this is Kathy Lee Giffords last week on The Today Show. I, of course, am devastated. You know I love KLG. I'm going to miss her terribly. No one does quirky, weird, hilarious. She's so quick-witted. She's so batshit insane. I love her so, so much. I'm going to miss her. But, you know, if I've learned anything from Kathy Lee Gifford, it's that everyone has a story. And Dr. Fried certainly has a story. And so does his necklace. So does his jewelry. <laughs> Dr. Fried's jewels have a story. And that's a fact. I also love Bethany's couch. Do you guys notice her couch? Love it. Anyway, then we cut to Tinsley's dog event. I love seeing the dogs run around. I could just watch dogs. I don't, they don't have to be doing anything, just walking. I love to look at dogs. When I'm feeling really sad, sometimes I'll Google just pictures of the dogs. In the Facebook group, there's been threads in there in the Everything Iconic group of just people posting pictures of dogs, and I'm here for it. I look at 100 pictures of dogs, and it still wouldn't be enough. So I love seeing them go around. And Dorinda, I felt bad. She had just lost her dog a few days ago. Her dog was 15. And she said she saw the ghost of the dog on the couch with Richard. And that's a moment that took me back to when Dorinda thought a balloon was Richard. Do you remember this? <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at anyone's grieving process. Everyone grieves differently, and everyone has different spiritual practices. However, I will never forget the moment that Dorinda thought that a balloon was Richard. She took a photo of it. They showed it. It was just a, a balloon that was halfway in the air. It wasn't all the way, wasn't all the way to the ceiling. And Dorinda thought it was Richard. Now, everyone grieves differently. So maybe it was Richard. What do I know? I'm no ghost hunter. I'm not a ghostbuster. I don't know if that was Richard or not. But from my eyes, it wasn't Richard. But who knows? Dorinda sees things that I can't. Dorinda sees dead people. Dorinda, Dorinda has a sixth sense. And she, she sees dead people. Her and Haley Jalosment, they have something in common. 
and it's seeing dead people, whether it be in a balloon or in a Halloween decoration. She sees spirits. That's what it is. So the other girls show up. Coco's there with Ramona. I love seeing Coco. I get so excited. They talk about Babs maybe not going to Berkshire's. I'm a little worried about this. Dorinda reveals that she's going to have a naked chef at the Berkshire's. Again, very nervous that there's not going to be Christmas at the Berkshire's, but we're moving on. And Lou shows up at this doggy event with no dog in tow, no Ashton. Aston? Is it Ashton or Ashton? It's Aston. But Aston is not with Lou, but she shows up there with her cell phone camera. <laughs> she was taking lots of cell phone pictures of Sonia on the runway. But we'll get there. Anyway, they're all talking about this time at the Berkshire's, and Luann asks if Dorinda has a yoga teacher in the Berkshire's. And Dorinda, without skipping a beat, she says, I do, and I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Do you guys out there really believe that Dorinda has her own yogi in the Berkshire's for when she goes there for a vacation or wherever the, whenever the fuck she goes up there? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I believe that Richard's that fucking balloon more than I believe that Dorinda has a yogi in the Berkshire's. <laughs> I'd sooner believe that balloon is Richard than believe that Dorinda has her own yogi in the Berkshire's. I just don't believe it. But she said without skipping a beat, I do. So then Dorinda says something that is so quintessentially housewives. She says about Barbara, because again, they're speculating whether or not Barbara's going to come. Dorinda says, I asked Barbara to leave my apartment, but I did invite her to the Berkshire's because I think it's the right thing to do. And what a relief. She's not coming till the second day. I might have asked Barbara to leave my apartment, but I did still invite her to the Berkshire's, which is <laughs> fucking ridiculous. It's classic housewives. It's like, I hate that. I hate that bitch, but yes, I'm inviting her to our vacation. <laughs> I kicked her out of my house once, but yes, I'm inviting her to stay at my home overnight. <laughs> that makes no sense. So then the girls start getting on the runway, and Ramona, she has a little flashback about her first runway experience, which was, of course, in season, I believe, three, when she's on the runway, and her eyes are popping. Simon, <laughs> Simon Van Kempen even says, the eyes are popping. And I miss Simon occasionally. But I love seeing that runway. That was one of the first moments of the Real Housewives that I truly feel was like a viral moment. Like, that was one of the very first housewife things that was like, this is a memorable moment that we're going to be talking about for years. And here we are 10 years later still talking about it. It's still just as funny. So they all walk the runway. Tinsley's the host for this event. She gives a little speech for this fashion show. A doggy fashion show is so housewives. I mean, talking about housewife tropes. A dog fashion show is classic Housewives. I would like to see it on every franchise, and I would never get tired of it. A doggy fashion show. Do you remember when they had a doggy funeral for Sonia? What a time to be alive. We are in the golden age of television, peak TV. So Ramona's eyes also were very tamed when she walked on the runway. She really learned from that that first go-around. Anyway, Tinsley is giving the speech, and she's hosting. And it was so funny, when she was hosting this thing, and she was on the microphone... She said, I want to get back to the things I used to do. I'm sorry, that was in her confessional. She said, in her confessional, I want to get back to the things I used to do. And as she's saying that, the editors show us footage of a dog in a motorized hot wheel, <laughs> motorized hot wheel at Tinsley's ankles. Come on, what better? What better TV is out there? You show me Breaking Bad, I'll show you the moment of a dog in a motorized hot wheel going to Tinsley's ankles as she talks about how that's where she wants to be. What? A delight. Then Sonia and, Ramona, Sonia and Ramona's dogs fuck. And Sonia says, she's got one foot in the grave. Let her have some fun. And she's right about the dog. She's right. Then we cut to the girls who are walking to a boat. They're doing a boating thing with someone named Deborah Wasser. I hope I said that right. But Deborah looks like a star. I feel like she was probably one of the housewives that they tested that didn't end up working out. Oftentimes they test a bunch of women and then they either cut around them or cut them out somehow. I feel like Deborah was one of those people because why would she be able to host an event with the entire cast on a boat? She must have been. She must have been testing. Then all the girls on this boat, Bethany shows up. They all start talking about eating sushi off the bodies. That was, of course, an infamous scene from Sex and the City, the movie, where Samantha puts sushi on her and then Smith Jared shows up late. And... Things got pretty dark here. Pretty dark. Bethany says, what's the difference between a pussy and sushi? Because they're talking about eating sushi off the body. And then Ramona kind of goes, no, no, no. And then Luann says, 
Come on, Ramona. Don't. Well, she says, come on, Ramona. Don't play Catholic. Don't play Catholic schoolgirl. And then Ramona says, well, darling, it's a no because we're not. Su- <laughs> I can't even get through this line. <laughs> Ramona says, well, well, darling, no, because it's not supposed to smell like fish. We're all talking about pussies here. Like, we're all talking about vaginas. And I hate that word, pussy, by the way. But that's the topic of conversation. Like, we're going on and on. These women are just in a full conversation about their vaginas. And I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And then Deborah, with no sense of irony, she says, So who's hungry? (laughs) I sure wasn't. I sure wasn't. Then they all start grilling Tinsley about kids and Scott. And Tinsley says she's 43. And she doesn't want to give Scott an ultimatum. And people were being a little tough on Tinsley, but also I agree with Bethany. She said in her confessional, like, we're not asking, like, that hard of questions, you know? And Tinsley says, I can't move to Chicago. It doesn't make sense. My my brand, my image. Wait, how did I do Tinsley? I can't do it. But she says, my brand, my image is connected to New York. That kind of bums me out because is Tinsley, like, so... She's talking about the show, right? She's like, the show I'm on is in New York, so I have to stay in New York. Although I'd love a Chicago Housewives. I lived in Chicago for a little while. Love it there. Would love a Midwest Housewives. Just saying that. But I kind of feel like, I don't know. I guess Tinsley just likes to work. And I mean, she's doing all this charity doggy fashion shows, so maybe she can't move now. They do suggest giving Scott an ultimatum, though. Mm, I don't know. You know what I noticed about this scene? It was like a little bit boring. But Bethany and Lou and Ramona, they all know how to speed it up. Did you notice that? They were keeping the pace of the conversation, even though it was sort of boring because it was about Tinsley and Scott. They were keeping the pace going. And I was thinking about Beverly Hills. I feel like on The Real House of Beverly Hills, that conversation would have moved at a snail's pace. But Bethany, Lou, and Ramona, they're all pros, and they know how to move it quick. So Tinsley's just so insecure. I feel bad for her. And Sonia keeps telling us on screen that Tinsley's insecure, but... She is, and it's a little sad. And then Ramona, speaking of moving it forward, Ramona just at one point like cuts off the whole conversation. She just goes, here's to your dreams coming true. <laughs> what? What? What, what, what? Then we cut to the Berkshires. We're finally at Bluestone Manor. And we got to talk about something very important. They played Halloween music, because it's Halloween at the Berkshires. Dorinda has so many Halloween decorations all throughout the house. It's like a fucking party city threw up in there. And there's decorations everywhere at Halloween. There's mummies and skulls and eyeballs and all sorts of pumpkins and Halloween shit. And so they were naturally playing the Halloween music in the background. You know, the editors put in the Halloween music. Let me just say, I've been watching a lot of Old Housewives, and the music they use for the Halloween scene is the same music they used to use for Alex and Simon scenes. Remember, <laughs> every time Alex and Simon used to be on screen, they'd be like, it'd be like Adam's family, do 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 do, do, do. Wait, that's is that Pink Panther? <laughs> I can't sing. The point is, they would play like the fucking Halloween theme song every time Alex and Simon were on screen. And they were doing it again with this Halloween scene, and I thought they just reused that. But it made me laugh. I used to love every time Alex and Simon were on screen. You guys watch an old episode. Like, just pick one from season one, two, or three. It was so fucking funny. Like, anytime Alex had a solo scene or a scene with Simon, I mean, it would just be spooky music from a haunted house. <laughs> like you know at the party supply store how you can get a cd that just says spooky music it's like that's what they use for alex scenes oh and i loved it i loved it so then you know dorinda's setting up for this i love dorinda's love of holidays i love a holiday too of course christmas is my holiday but i love a halloween i love it something about decorating for holidays and you know i love a home goods i would die to go to home goods with dorinda that's my bucket list. Like, I just want to shop home goods with Dorinda, much like Bethany did in one of the earlier seasons when she started bleeding out of her vagina. I would love that to be me, minus the bleeding out of a vagina. I would love that to be me. Because I feel like Dorinda knows how to walk the aisles of home goods. You know what I'm saying? I know she would know exactly where to go. I bet she spends a lot of time at the coffee mug area. I then I, I think she probably goes by the pillows and then maybe takes a detour at the candles. And then she probably spends lots of time 
at the checkout counter because she knows a lot of the best stuff is at the checkout counter. So I imagine Dorinda's like at the checkout counter of Home Goods, and the person like the lane opens up and they're like, "Can I help you? Like, are you ready to check out?" And Dorinda's like, "No, I'm still shopping." And then she lets someone go in front of her because Dorinda knows the best items are up front. And I always say there's lots of good candy up front, lots of good, you know, those orange slices. You could get the best, those fruit gummy orange slices at the checkout counter of Home Goods. Ah, my fave. My fave. Chocolates, you get high-end chocolates at the checkout counter. They have the best chocolates for cheap. They do. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. They have very interesting ways of making s'mores at the checkout counter. So you could find, like, s'more lollipops or, you know, just s'more chocolate bars. Like, every different kind of s'more. It's not an actual s'more, but it's, like, s'more-flavored everything. Candles, it all. So Dorinda would really know how to work at Home Goods, and I would love to be there with her. Especially around the holidays. Ah, whoo, I'm wet. I'm wet just thinking about it. I would love to be with Dorinda circa November. You know, I feel like Home Goods around early November before Thanksgiving, that's when they get the best Christmas items. I would love to walk through Home Goods with Dorinda on around November 10th. November 10th, that's the perfect day in the afternoon or maybe a, a Wednesday. Tuesday or Wednesday. You don't want to go on the weekend. It's too crowded. Home Goods is too crowded on the weekend. That's for amateurs. You go on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Tuesday or Wednesday. Around lunch hour, you don't want to go right after work, and you don't want to go before work hours. You want to go midday. Whew. Wow, I'm getting excited just thinking about that. I, I love holidays, though, and I love that Dorinda goes all out. So then we see Ramona and Tinsley and Sonia driving there. Ramona and Sonia are terrible backseat drivers, but this is where I realized Tinsley had really good manners because she kept apologizing for them. And I feel like she was just raised well by Dale. Dale. Then we see Dorinda with her sister, Melinda. I love these. You want? I have a ton of those, Dorinda. And I pickle them. Do you pickle them? Yeah. My sister is the authentic farm to table. She's Mother Earth. She grows all her own vegetables. She collects stray pets. My sister never left Great Barrington, never wanted to leave Great Barrington. Oh my God, this is great. Melinda is like me, an equal opportunity holiday decorator. Now I need more of Melinda. More, more, more. Give me, give me more. (laughs) Like Britney Spears said infamously at the VMAs, give me, give me more. Give me, give me more. Now, we do know Melinda from a couple seasons back when she came as Santa. Remember, she showed up as Santa, and that was just quite a scene. But it was nice to see Melinda not in a costume. I mean, I don't know if this was a costume. I don't think it was. But it was nice to see. I love, I love this Melinda. I want more of her relationship with Dorinda. I love it, Dorinda and Melinda. And apparently she likes to garden. She does a lot of healthy, fresh foods. So she could help me with my clean program. I'd like to call up... I'd like to call up Melinda and ask her about the clean program. Have her make me some baskets of veggies. I don't know. I just love my Melinda. And they start talking about a Halloween decoration that Dorinda had from last season that she said she had to remove from her house. It was like a a ball and a or a head and a ball. Do you know what I'm saying? I can't think of what it's called, but it was like a <laughs> I don't know what it was called. It was like a floating head and a ball. Anyway, Dorinda had to take it out of the house because it was haunted, and Melinda thought it was haunted too. Again, I'm no Ghostbuster, but apparently Dorinda and Melinda are because they got that fucking floating head out of the house right away. And I could just picture Dorinda and Melinda as young girls. I was matching them in my head as 12-year-old girls playing with an Ouija board. And then I couldn't help but think that I would love to see a scripted series about Dorinda and Melinda. Now, you know the show Pen15, I've been singing its praises because I loved it so, so much. If you haven't watched it, it's on Hulu. But it's about these two girls who are in seventh grade, and we see their middle school experience, although the two girls are played by 30-somethings. So in real life, they're like 33 or whatever. But in the show, they're playing middle schoolers, and we see their whole experience from middle school in the early 2000s. Now, I would love a similar style series about Dorinda and Melinda as middle schoolers. And maybe they're Ghostbusters. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far. But I would love, you know what? I'd love that if they were hunting, hunting for ghosts, you know, like reboot Ghostbusters. I know people got mad when they rebooted Ghostbusters with all women, but maybe they wouldn't get mad if they rebooted it with just Dorinda and Melinda. And I would love to see Dorinda and Melinda playing those roles. If it was scripted, I would love those two to play seventh graders because I feel like they could do it. They have youthful energy. You know, Melinda had a very youthful energy and I felt it radiating off her. Then we cut to, <laughs> cut to the 
Ramona and Sonia and Tinsley arriving, and they see all the Halloween decorations. And of course, this is that infamous moment where Ramona sees that one decoration of the... (laughs) She says, it looks like Bethany crying. Now, we saw this in the preview last week, and it was no less thrilling to see it this week. I loved it. And not only did we see it again, and it was brilliant, beautiful, fantastic, hilarious. But we also got a flashback, courtesy of the editors. They flashed back to a scene of Bethany crying, and they did some digging. This, of course, was a scene from 2015 where she had told Luann about Tom. Do you remember that infamous scene, like, please don't let it be about Tom. It's about Tom. It's not like Please don't let it be about Tom. It's about Tom. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Well, they flashed back to that, and they just got this one quick little moment of Bethany crying. And it looked just like that Halloween decoration. And I laughed so fucking hard. Five whole minutes. It was probably like four... Four and a half minutes of me belly laughing at this scene. I rewound it at least eight times. I watched it at least eight times. They showed us that Halloween decoration. Ramona said her fantastic line, which had such great delivery. I mean, Amy Schumer wishes. Ramona just said, it looks like Bethany. And then the editor is cut to that shot of Bethany crying. And wow, 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 Bethany, wow. (laughs) How fucking funny. So fucking funny. Then we get inside the Bluestone Manor. Ramona had a sign that said good vibes only. She said, we're going to have good vibes only. Then we get some stuff about the room assignments. Now, you know I love a housewife room assignment. Love it. Could watch her forever. Watch whole episodes about them just deciding rooms. And this didn't disappoint. This episode gave us that. Now, apparently, Bethany, she's arriving there a day later, but she gets the best room. And no one wants that fish room. Do you remember the fish room? Of course. How could you forget? That's where Luann woke up and said, water. (laughs) The infamous room. But apparently there's a Morocco room, there's Hannah's room, the fish room, and the back room. Now, the back room, it seems like no one really wanted either. Hannah's room was up for grabs. People wanted it. But no one wanted that fish room. Ramona says, the fish room's the least desirable room. They keep talking about this fish room. And I thought, are they not going to give us that water flashback? Are they really not going to give it to us? I was concerned because this was the second time in the episode where I thought, they're depriving us of that water flashback. I was very upset. I was actually like seething. Like you should look at my notes. It's all capital letters. It says very upset. (laughs) Luckily we got it later, but spoiler alert, we got it later. Anyway, then we cut to the Wheatley Hotel, which is where the girls go for dinner. Of course, Bethany and Barb aren't there yet. Lou arrives late. And I kind of think about one of the early seasons. Do you remember it was like revealed that Luann liked to arrive first or she liked to walk in the rooms in front of everyone? Do you remember that? I think it was maybe Carol who said that. Someone said that, but I I remember that being like a trait of Luann, like she wants to walk ahead of everyone else. (laughs) Luann's fucking crazy. And you guys, we're reverting back to old school Luann, and it's not a good look. I'm sort of loving it on one hand, but it's also obnoxious. It's a little obnoxious. Anyway, I want to go through the plans. So these are the plans that Dorinda has for the weekend. Okay, just let's everyone pull over. If you're driving, pull over. <laughs> because I find this itinerary hysterical. I mean, this is quite an itinerary, so just pull over. Maybe take notes if you're planning a girls' weekend. Take notes, because it's a perfect itinerary. So we start off by waking up the next day and doing yoga with Dorinda's yogi, who I don't believe she really knows. <laughs> she asked one of the producers, she's like, get me a yogi. Then after yoga, they're going to Ventford Hall, which in the previews we see is some sort of museum, a Morgan estate. I don't know what that means exactly, but it looks like some sort of museum. But we're going to go to that Venford Hall. And then we have the naked chef. So then they have a naked man come and cook them food. Is there any other better plans for a girls' weekend? That sounds perfect to me. That sounds phenomenal to me. And I'm ready to get my girls together and go on a weekend. I need a weekend trip where I do yoga, then go to, I go to some sort of weird museum, then I see a naked chef. Nothing better. That's a plan. And then Lou even says, can we get massage therapists? Which Dorinda correctly points out. She's like, it's not a fucking spa. <laughs> this isn't a bed and breakfast. But then Dorinda gets up to go to the bathroom, and we start talking more about the rooms. Lou says, don't tell me I'm in the fish room. Now, the girls had already talked about it and said that they had settled on earlier in the day that Luann was going to stay in the fish room. 
So then when they hear Luann say, I better not be in the fish room, Sonia and Ramona cackled like I've never heard them cackle before. Did you catch this? They were laughing so fucking hard. And it was this weird, like, sort of fake laugh, but it was real. They were like, <laughs> it was so aggressive. It was, it, I swear it sounded like fake or like birds chirping or something. Like, I hope I didn't scare any dogs out of the room. If any of you have dogs in the room listening to this podcast, I hope you didn't. I didn't scare them out of the room with my impression of Ramon and Sonia laughing, but it was the weirdest sounds. It was so bizarre. And then finally, finally, like a sweet release, we got a flashback to Lou waking up hungover last season in the Berkshires and asking for water. And let me tell you, again, a sweet release. I felt like I had been waiting for it and looking for it, and then finally we got it. So thank God we did. Then Dorinda comes back from the restroom, and Lou is being so fucking rude. Lou <laughs> was being so nasty to Dorinda about that shark room. She said, uh, Dorinda said, do you not like the shark room? And it is so funny that we're talking about, like, the fish in the room. Like, why the fuck doesn't she just take the fish down? Like, whose fish are they? Were they Richard's fish? Like, what? why did she even have the fish on the wall? Take the fish down. They're ugly as fuck. <laughs> no one likes them. Like, everyone's telling her how ugly these fucking fish on the wall are. And Dorinda's insistent on keeping them up. Somebody should rip those fish down. I don't think they have any sentimental meaning. Maybe they do, and if they do, I apologize. But, I mean, how much sentimental meaning could those fucking fish have? Or is one of them Richard? <laughs> is one of them a ghost? I don't know. who Is it the dog? Is it the ex? Who, what ghost is in the fish? Why can't she just take them off the wall? Take them off the goddamn wall? <laughs> What's the reason we're keeping them up? And, you know, take them down, repaint that room. Because it is, I get, I sort of get it. It's like, I would be frightened to stay in that room with all those goddamn fish on the walls. I wouldn't want to stay there. The only fish I want on the wall is that one, remember that one that used to sing? <laughs> you could buy it at like Dillard's or, <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> remember years ago? What a fucking weird thing that was when everyone was buying those fish that you would press the red button and it would like sing and flap. And then they would come out with like different themed ones, like a Christmas one. It would sing like fucking Santa Baby or whatever. <laughs> What a weird time that was. I'm just remembering when people were buying those fucking singing fish. None of Dorinda's fish sing, and that's a travesty. If one of them was singing, you know, Ariana Grande or something, I'd say, keep it on the wall. But none of them have any talents. Dorinda's fish on the walls have no talents. I only want fish on the wall if they have a talent. I'm sure if the fish sang Money Can't Buy You Class, Lou would be happy to be in the room with it. So where's that fish? You know, in Bravo merchandising, where's that fish? Huh? Give it to me. I'd buy that. You tell me, if I could buy a fish that just sang Chic C'est La Vie, I'd be all in. You know, just imagine a fish flapping on the wall being like, Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is a fish. <laughs> oh, you guys. You guys, you guys, you guys. I'm giggly today. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Anyway, where were we? Oh, singing fish. But Lou was just being rude and entitled about the rooms. I, th- I found, like, if I was during that, I would have gotten pissed. And you could tell she was biting her tongue, trying so hard not to go off on Lou. And it's like, Lou said, oh, I, how dare you put me in that room after, like, the memories of that room. And I thought, look, if Lou, if you can't be in this room, maybe you shouldn't be in the Berkshires. Like, I kind of thought, Lou probably shouldn't be in the Berkshires. And if everything's so... If Lou's so early in her recovery, and I want her to get healthy, and I do understand it must be so difficult, but I just worry sometimes, like, with these reality shows, a lot of times these women shouldn't be filming. Like, I don't think it's healthy for them to be filming, but they have to throw themselves into work sometimes, and this is their work. But sometimes I think it'd be better for them to take a season off. Anyway, they argue over this shark room, and then Lou eventually storms out, and we, we end the episode. So I don't know if she stormed off or just went to the bathroom. I kind of felt like she maybe just went to the bathroom. I don't know. But next week we get Luann versus Bethany, which I'm very excited about that dynamic to shift. And then we get everyone drunk. It looks like they're all wasted. We get the naked chef. And I think next week is probably the start of the footage that we all saw on social media. So when they went to the Berkshires, do you remember that? It was all over social media. It was on Instagram. Bethany had been posting Instagram stories of this night. I think that's going to be next week. But on Instagram, what we saw when Bethany had posted them being there, they were drunk as fucking skunks. Even Dorinda was like, pass that on a pool table. It looks insane, and I cannot wait. So, so excited. So that was the episode. Love it. We got a a Dale confessional. We got (laughs) lots of Tinsley this episode. Lots of Tinsley. Game set, and now I need a match. (laughs) I'm done. Okay, I want to tell everyone to please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. If you want to support this podcast and you want to access the bonus episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash everything iconic. Click the become a patron button for $4 more per month. You get access to all the bonus episodes. I just posted a recap of the very first episode from the Real Houses of New York uh, Morocco trip from season four. So that's up. I also posted an exclusive interview with Katie Stevens, who plays Jane on The Bold Type. The Bold Type Season 3 starts next week. I did an interview with her over the phone. And the audio, because it was a phone call, it was like a little muffled. So that's why I'm not including the interview on the main podcast, on the main feed. But you can listen to it over there. Katie was wonderful, and she had so many great things to say about the upcoming season. And you know I love The Bold Type. If you haven't watched it, watch the first two seasons on Hulu. It's fantastic. But there's a full episode interview over there on Patreon. So patreon.com slash everything iconic. I want to encourage everyone to listen to the Ariana interview from earlier this week. And then also, if you're reading that view book, it's called Ladies Who Punch. I interviewed the author and that episode's up to on the main feed. And I would encourage everyone to read that book and listen to the interview. He gave some wonderful insight about making the book and some of the things that behind the scenes about making it. And then he also expanded and gave some exclusives and said some things about the view co-hosts that weren't in the book that I thought were so, so great. So if you're a view fan or, uh, or just a pop culture fan, listen to that. Cause it was good. I mean, <laughs> I'm biased, but it was good. Anyway, uh, that's our show. So I want to do our little cool down. Let's take a, a minute to catch our breath and breathe. So let's all take a deep breath in and hold it. Breathe out. Take another deep breath in, and I just want you to hold it, hold it, hold it, and breathe out. 
So in this week's episode of The Real Houses in New York, I felt like Luann really started to spiral at that dinner table at the end of the episode. And it kind of felt like, t- to me, she just needed to take a she just needed to take a couple extra breaths. She needed to breathe in and breathe out. And sometimes I think we get so flustered, so anxious, so excited that we forget to breathe. So just let's do one more deep breath in, hold it, and breathe out. And I hope you all have the most amazing day. I'm sending all the love in the world. Bye-bye. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.